Hey family, how are you? I pray all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you. That's right. He is your God. And what a mighty God we serve. How are you doing, family? I pray you are well. I pray this message meets you in peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. So I was getting ready today. And I, uh, a lot of times when God ministered to me, I'll like text myself. <laughs> and as I was sitting on the edge of my bed, I'm just, just being filled and the Holy Spirit is just ministering. He's just talking. And when I got finished writing, I was in awe to what the spirit of the Lord was saying and ministering to me and for me now to share with you and minister to your heart. And the word I kept hearing this morning was attachments, attachments. And I'm like, Lord, what, what are you talking about? Family. God don't want the things you have. He wants the things that have you. What are you attached to? What have you yet crucified and laid at the altar declaring, not my will, O God, but yours will be done? Is it an outcome? an idea, a dream? What has you so much in your head that Jesus can't get in and shine the marvelous light of truth? Do you know that you can want something so badly that you make yourself believe that it is the will of God, but it only leaves you feeling anxious and restless, weary and afraid? But how can it be when Philippians tells us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications to make our requests known to God? And Matthew tells us to come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isaiah says, don't get weary in well-doing. And the Lord says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So this isn't God. The Bible tells us that all good things come from the Lord and he adds no sorrow. Sorrow is an indicator that you didn't follow the Holy Spirit, that you made a wrong turn somewhere. And it's funny because what does sorrow mean? Sorrow is a feeling of deep, deep distress sadness, depression, despair, heaviness of heart, low in spirit. The Bible tells us to put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So sorrow don't come from God. God asked Cain, why is your spirits low? Why is your countenance low? So he didn't want us to have a low spirit. Sorrow is not of God. So it's important that we acknowledge that where did the sorrow come from? Because things didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to. Things didn't go the way I expected it to. You tied your expectations to something. And when we are mentally and emotionally attached to what is not of God and to what God is not calling us to or calling to us in this season, it brings on sorrow. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. However, we hope in everything but God. Our hope is always misplaced. We hope in things. We hope in people. We hope in outcomes, but we rarely 
hoping God. Detaching ourselves from our will for his will, relying on his sovereignty, believing the best, believing that he knows best. For he knows the plan that he has for us to give us a future, a hope and an expected end. Family, when we tie our emotions to something, when we tie our mind to something and it does not come to pass, it makes our heart sick. And we got to be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to remove the things that has us. We think that we're trying to obtain. We think that we're trying to accomplish and get something. But is it that this thing is getting you is grasping you? And the only thing that should have you is Christ. The only thing should have you moved is the Holy Spirit of God. You shouldn't be tossed to and fro in your emotions. You shouldn't be in your head. You shouldn't be all over the place. A double-minded person is unstable in all their ways, but a double-minded person says, I put my hope in the wrong place, yet I'm angry with God. So I don't know if I want to be a Christian today. I don't know if I want to pray today. I don't know if I want to worship today because my heart is sick. But the truth is, if I could be honest, I attached my heart to what I wasn't supposed to. The Bible says guard our heart, not expose it. But when we attach our heart to outcome people and things, we are risking exposing ourselves to sorrow. We are risking. We're risking family. To put ourselves in a mental and emotional state that God did not expect us to be, that God did not want us in. But because our hope was shifted. I love Romans 15, 13. It says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that she may abound in hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to read that again. Now the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace. And believing that ye may abound in hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Abound in hope in God. Abound in hope in his sovereignty. Abound in hope in his mighty hand. Abound in hope in his infinite wisdom. Abound in hope in his everlasting love. Abound in hope in his mercy. And his goodness that is new every single morning. Abounding in hope in his grace that is sufficient. Not things. Not people. Not outcomes. Our hope is misplaced. And when our hope is misplaced, we risk ourselves to our heart getting sick. And when our heart is sick, it is easy for us to misinterpret the things that we experience. I'm in my feelings. My heart is sick. So everything you do and everything you say, I take it personally. I feel offended and it's the truth you're, you're not really offending me, but my heart is sick and I'm upset. So I'm perceiving and receiving information incorrectly. Jesus, help us. Because my heart is sick, I am receiving and perceiving information incorrectly. I can't see that all things are working together for my good because I tied my emotions. I tied 
myself to an outcome that is not turning out the way I expected it to. So it's hard for me to see that all things working for my good because this isn't good to me. I had an expectation. I had hope in this. But I didn't have hope in God. I didn't have hope in the one who fulfills me and fills me with joy and peace. I had hope in this job. I had hope in this relationship. I had hope in this business. I had hope. I had hope. I had hope. I don't know what you got hope in family, but I encourage you. I encourage you. I beseech you to put hope in the right place. To hope in the God of your salvation. To hope that his will is so perfect and so strategic that you will, oh man, that you will receive in abundance all that God has for you. Don't hope in the things that you want. Hope in the God that wants you. Who wants you to prosper. Hope in the God who wants to see you have an expected end. Hope in a God that calls you blessed. Hope in a God that calls you victorious. That you are the head above. That you are more than a conqueror. Hope in a God that says you have been sanctified for my use. That you have been set apart for my kingdom. Hope in a God whose grace is sufficient for every situation and circumstance that you go through. Hope in a God whose strength is made perfect in the midst of your weakness. Hope in a God whose love is everlasting. Hope in a God who is a God of integrity. That even in your unfaithfulness, that he is faithful. Hope in a God that is sure, that is present. But don't hope in things. Don't hope in people. Don't hope in outcome. Let go of the attachments. Like I said, it's not that God wants the things that you have. You may be in a season and you feel like God is raking you, that God is purging, that God is removing people and things. And the truth is God is only removing what he see has you. And God is a jealous God. Our God is a jealous God. He said, put no one above me, put no thing above me. And we have to repent of our idolatry. Because when we get to a place that I want something so bad that I'm willing to disobey, that I'm willing to go against the will of God, it has become an idol. And I have to repent and say, Lord, forgive me for hoping in a thing, for hoping in an outcome, for hoping in a person and not hoping in the God of my salvation. Lord, forgive me for making an idol out of my dream. Lord, forgive me for making an idol out of marriage. Lord, forgive me for making an idol out of success. Lord, forgive me, whatever you're making an idol of, whatever is consuming you and taking your time and your energy, whatever got you in your head, whatever got you feeling anxious and weary and tired and afraid. You have to crucify it. You have to be willing to make an exchange at the cross. We go to the cross to make an exchange. Jesus had come to me not to hold on to your heavy baggages, but that there be a transfer in the spirit. Lay your heavy burdens here and pick up my burden, which is light and easy 
Take my yoke upon you. You can carry my yoke, but you can't carry the heavy weight that you're trying to carry. The weight of that dream that is not being fulfilled. The weight of this relationship. The weight of this ministry. The weight of the business. The weight of your children. The weight, the weight. We're carrying so much weight. And until we are willing to lay our idolatry aside. Until we are willing to say, Lord, I don't want anything to have me but you. Because he called us to be at peace and at rest. To have the confidence and the assurance that he has the plan and he knows the way. Family, what are you attached to? What outcome? What idea? What dream? What is making you feel like God isn't for you? What is making you feel like God isn't with you? What is making you feel like that somehow God has walked away even though the word says that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he will never leave us comfortless. But this idea, this outcome, because your heart is sick, is making you perceive and receive information wrong. It's easy for the enemy to come and steal, kill and destroy and whisper lies because your heart is sick. Because you put hope in the wrong thing and now you are filled with sorrow. David said to himself, oh, my soul, why are you sorrowful? Why are you cast down? Where is your God? And I'm asking you today, family, where is your God? Sometimes you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, oh, my soul, why are you cast down? Why are you in despair? Why are you depressed? Why are you in gloom? Why are you heavy? Why are you low? Why? Because God is good. And if I trust in the God who saved me, and if I believe that he is causing all things to work together for my good, and if I believe that God is perfecting me day after day, if I believe that the righteous have never been forsaken nor their seed begging for bread, if I believe that healing is the children's bread, if I believe, hallelujah, that his word will never return unto him void, oh, my soul, why are thy cast down? We have to be willing to be honest with ourselves. Why? Why, David said. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. I want to read it. Psalms 42. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted and within me? Hope in thy God. Not hope in the situation. Not hope in an outcome. Not hope in a dream. But hope in thy God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Many of us are sorrowful and walking away from what God has called us to do is because we misplaced our hope and we are attached. Our emotions are attached. Our mind is attached to the wrong thing. I encourage you today. I encourage you today to rejoice in hope. 
patient in tribulation, continuing in instant prayer unto God, believing that he will not fail you, believing that it's not what is seen, but what is unseen. That is not what it looks like. And for you to take the frustration that you may be feeling and allow it to fuel you and push you into purpose. Frustration fuels. Sorrow shuts down. And if you are feeling sorrowful in your spirit today, I want you to humbly ask yourself, where did I put my hope? Where did I put my hope? What did I attach my heart to? Because if I attached it to the king of glory, if I attached it to the one who never slumbers and never sleeps, if I attached my heart to the one who was, to the one who is, and to the one that is to come, then I should be rejoicing that there should be a praise on my tongue. But if I am disquieted within me and if my soul is cast down, I missed the mark. I, I took a wrong turn. I, 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 I did my own thing. The Bible says that God does not tempt us. But when we are tempted, we are driven away by our own desires. And we have to be honest and say, I have drifted away from the plan of God. I have drifted away from God's purpose and will for my life. I have drifted and now... I am filled with sorrow. Now I'm filled with anxiety and I'm restless and I'm weary. And if I could be honest, I'm a little bit afraid. And you repent, repent, repent and turn around. That's what repentance is. Turn around and get back in alignment, in agreement and attach your heart to God. Attach, hallelujah, attach everything to God. We cannot attach ourselves to outcomes because we don't know how things are going to turn out. We don't know today from tomorrow. We don't know. Some people love you today. They hate you tomorrow. You can have your job today. You can, be, you can lose your job tomorrow. You can be healthy in your body today and be sick tomorrow. We cannot put our hope in these tangible things. We cannot put our hope in the things in this earth. But we must put our hope in God. We must put our faith in God. I want to read Psalms 42 again. It is just, I just love that David understood. He wasn't taking away the fact that he was hurting, that he was sorrowful, but he recognized, wait a minute, where's my hope? Because it's in the wrong place. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? What is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions? Where are you mentally? Where are you emotionally? What have you tied your heart to? Because out of the abundance of the heart, flows the issue of life. And this is why we have to guard our heart from putting hope in things that can fail. But when we hope in the God that cannot fail, when we hope in the God that can do the impossible, when we hope in a God, hallelujah, there is no way we can be sorrowful within our spirit that we would be disquieted in ourselves, in spite of the situations and the circumstances. I'm not hoping in the doctor's report. I'm not hoping in the medication. I'm hoping in the balm of Gilead. I'm hoping in that the fact that by his stripes, I am healed. I'm hoping in the fact that the leaves are on the trees they are healing for the nation that's where my hope is i'm not hoping in people i'm hoping in god 
hope, hope in God, family. This has truly blessed my heart, truly. And it allowed me to see the areas where I've misplaced my hope. Where I thought it was in God, but the truth was it was in an outcome. And when the outcome does not turn out the way you expect it, as it is written, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But like I said, if our hope was truly in God, and if we were willing to detach ourselves from our will and our way for the sovereignty of God, there will be no sorrow. We would be able to move and operate accordingly because I know in spite of what it looks like, God is on the throne and that God is in control. And that though this may have caught you by surprise, it didn't catch God by surprise. For he knows all things. He knows the beginning from the end. When you really, really have it rooted in your heart and your faith is in God and your hope is in God and your confidence is in God. There's no need to be anxious. There's no need to be restless. There is no need to be weary. And there is no reason to be afraid. So if you're hearing this today and you are anxious about something, you're restless about something, you're weary and even a little afraid, ask yourself, what have I attached my heart to? What have I made an idol? And why isn't my hope in God? And when we do that, When we just be humble enough to really just confess that, the Holy Spirit will begin to move and speak. When I wrote this this morning and when I reread it, tears just started rolling down my eyes. Because like I said, it showed me the area where my hope was misplaced. And I thank the God of my salvation who loves me enough who loves me with an everlasting love, who will leave the 99 and come after me, constantly pursuing, constantly ministering that I can get it right and get on the right track. And because we serve a Abba, a father who shows no partiality, he is the same with you, my sister and my brother. That God is so radical in his love for you his pursuit for you, that he's not trying to hurt you, but he really wants to remove the things that consumes your every thought, that consumes your move and consumes everything that you do. God doesn't want you to make an idol out of things. God don't want you making idols out of people. He is a jealous God and all he wants is intimacy with you and he will do whatever he has to do. So that you are in him and he is in you and that you are one with him. That is the heart of God. Not for you to be attached to outcomes and situations and circumstances, but that you would abide in him. That is the heart of our God. He said, abide in me. For I am the vine and you are the branches and you cannot do anything without being connected to me. God does not want you to be attached to anything but him. And if you recognize 
Like the Bible says, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. If you recognize that you have attached your heart to an outcome, to a situation or a person, and that your hope is misplaced, repent and turn back to your first love. Get back in alignment with God. It's so simple. Sometimes we make it so hard. But he never leaves. He never forsakes. And the fact that he is willing to break whatever barrier he needs to break to get to us, to get the information to us. It shows that his love is everlasting, that he's not going, that he's not leaving, that he's not forsaking. Turn back to your first love and put your hope in him. Put your trust in the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to hear from your sweet spirit as it ministers to our heart. Father, forgive us for attaching our hearts to outcomes and situations and people. Father, forgive us for putting our hope in everything but in you. Father, our heart has been sick and we have been feeling sorrowful because we put our hope in the wrong place. But Father, as we repent, you are faithful to forgive. And we believe by faith that you are throwing our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. For the righteous man's steps are ordered by the Lord. Father, order our steps. Align us with your spirit. Bring us, oh God, into divine alignment. Align us with brothers and sisters that would help us, oh God, get to the next level of this journey. Father, we thank you, oh God, for the manifold wisdom of God to open the eyes of our understanding and in tune our ears into the frequency of your Holy Spirit. Father, we crucify every idol that we put in your place Father, we don't want to be attached to anything but you in the name of Christ Jesus. As we come to the altar, Father, give us the strength to lay aside every heavy weight. We want to walk in your peace, your love, your joy. We want to be strengthened by your mighty hand. Not disquieted within ourselves because we are sorrowful of heart. We thank you this day by the move and the power of your Holy Spirit, O oh God. That this mind in us will be the mind of Christ Jesus and that we begin to think that was ever beautiful, what is ever lofty, whatever is of a good report, whatever is virtuous, that we will meditate on the goodness of the Lord and not on the negativity of what we see in this world. To not tie our emotions to things and outcomes, but to tie our heart to the king of Israel. To tie our heart to the one who can never fail, who will never leave, who will never forsake. To tie our heart to a God who is of a present help. Father, we thank you for loving us past us. We thank you for being a faithful father in the midst of adulterous children. We repent, O oh Lord. And we thank you. We thank you for your word. You sent forth your word to heal our disease, whether it be mentally, whether it be emotionally, whether it be physically, you sent forth your word to heal. May it be healing, oh God, 
to the hearer. Hallelujah. May it be healing to the hearer, O God. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, O Lord. I pray that as they that as they hear the word of the Lord, as they hear this, and as your spirit rests upon them, that it moves them to repentance, to lay aside every heavy weight, O God, and attach themselves to the King of glory and the King of glory alone. Father, I thank you for your angels that have been commissioned on assignment to keep them as they go out and come in. Father, I thank you for the blood that covers them, O God, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. I plead the precious blood of the Lamb. I thank you for the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And I thank you for the peace that surpasses our understanding. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us in spite of us. And we humbly lay aside every attachment and every heavy weight that besets us and keep us from abiding in you. In your holy, mighty name, we glorify you and pray. Amen. Family, I pray that you allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you even after this goes off. Maybe you have heard this and your hope is solely in God. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. But if you have heard this, and you recognize that your hope is misplaced, simply repent and turn back to your first love. Hope in God.